episode 28 of the Youth Ministry Podcast for volunteers. If you're a volunteer who works with teenagers, this podcast is for you. You are in the right place. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time to hit play and listening to this today. We really, really value what you do. We really appreciate what you do. So thanks for tuning in. Hey, I'm Chris Trent, and I work with the Next Gen Ministry for the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. I've worked with teenagers for a little over 30 years now, and I love pointing them to Jesus. And typically on the podcast, I have this amazing co-host by the name of Jennifer Fletcher, but Jennifer had a baby. And the baby's doing great. Had a little boy. He's awesome. And uh, she's doing great. But of course, she's just tied up doing mom things right now. So of course, we understand. But we're not going to leave you hanging. We've got a first time special guest with us today, all the way from up in North Georgia. We have a rep up in North Georgia by the name of Kyle Ruff. Kyle, what is up? Welcome to the show for the first time, my brother. Chris, I am a longtime listener. Love the show. <laughs> and <laughs> ironically, so ironically, you would have been on a lot sooner because you've been working with us for a few months now. But Kyle's wife also had a baby. He's been, he's a new dad. Congratulations. That's true. Little baby, seven weeks old. It's amazing. Being dad for the third time is incredible. Well, tell everybody what you do up there in Cottesville, Cottesville, Georgia. Yeah, so I'm the student pastor at Tabernacle Baptist up here in Cartersville. Just uh, love life. Have amazing volunteers that'll get free swag if they mention to me they heard me on this podcast. It's just a good thing. Oh, snap. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep, yep, yep. Well, beautiful, man. And how long have you been there at Cartersville? You've been there a few years yeah, now, right? So, so I grew up in Cartersville. Tabernacle feels a lot like home for me, even though I grew up at a different church. But I've been on staff there for um, two and a half years. It's amazing. So I'm starting to learn what I don't know at the Tabernacle Baptist Church. But you been a youth minister for the whole time. I mean, for yeah. years now. Yeah, I've been in youth ministry for 13 years now. Um, just think I'm going to make a life of pouring my life into teenagers. It's, it's absolutely point, incredible. Let's just, it. let's just stay in at this point, bro. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. That's good. For the long well, hey, man, haul. Uh, let's jump into this thing. Tell everybody what we're talking about today. Yeah. So today we're talking about how asking great conversations will lead to great discussion. Great questions leads to great discussions. I love this. I think this is a great topic. Matter of fact, we were talking offline. You know, we always do show prep beforehand. And what's interesting is you've actually been doing a deep dive into this type of discussion because some of the things you've been doing with some of the public schools there in your area as well. And it's kind of overflowing into your church. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So um, in Genesis 2.18, God says that the first thing is not good. And he says that it's not good for man to be alone. Um, what's I just crazy. like to point out for just a moment here of yeah. all the reps, you're the first one to bring Bible up into this place. Amen. So I hope they're listening right now. And uh, I love this. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. So, so God says it's not good. And, you know, Todd and Tim, I'm, I'm glad that I learned from y'all. Maybe you can learn from me. It's a good thing. <laughs> um, God says it's not good for man to be alone. And then uh, UCLA does a study of aloneness. And uh, last year's study for aloneness says that 76% of people under the age of 25 feel alone. And God very clearly says that that's not good. Um, man, that weighs really heavy on me. Um, apart from caring connections, when people feel like they're disconnected, they make really bad decisions. And uh, that's what we're doing in schools is we're trying to connect students, have them not feel alone 
and we've seen the suicide ideations drop like crazy. I don't want to get crazy into that today because I think a lot of how we make those differences in the schools is by asking great questions. And those great questions lead to incredible conversations that change the culture of isolation, aloneness, and lead to people feeling like they're part of something. It makes a kid feel known and it makes a kid feel important, right? Exactly right. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately kind of what we're talking about, folks. As you're listening today, you know, there's definitely, um, you know, we have to, when we think about this question, you know, how, how do great questions lead to great discussion? And we, we, we know that it's a need. We know kids to be known. It, kids want to be known and they need to be known. And that's part of that discipleship process. Um, just for clarity, as you're, as you're listening, though, you know, we can really go two directions with this thing. We could definitely go from the direction of, you know, hey, how do great, how do great, uh, questions lead to great discussion that leads to great relationships with students, right? And that is important. And I do think you will hear some some ideas throughout this this discussion that definitely help with that. But typically, as we're moving forward, what we're going to really be thinking about is that moment that you are uh, tasked with leading a group of students. In other words, like maybe a Bible study or a uh, Sunday school group or something like that. That's going to be kind of where we're coming from uh, with this discussion. So yeah, that's good. It's good. Well, let's jump into this thing. We've got like several things just to throw out here, just as some ideas. I think these are good. Um, I, I actually in the, in the process of uh, researching some of this, actually uh, picked up on a couple things myself uh, that I continue to need to grow in myself. So uh, let's do this thing. Um, I think number one for me, Kyle, um, and and this was just the one that we added. I think you got to start with remembering that it helps to know the kid, right? That's right. That's right. Because I mean, you, if, you, you if you're going to ask great talking. questions that lead to great discussion, you're going to really take 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 the time to need to go to kid. What comes to your mind when you hear that? Man, I I think that names are important. Yeah. Man, as yeah. a volunteer, if that means you have to stay up late and study the names of the people that are in the room, um, there's just huge value of knowing names and then knowing things that they're interested in. Yeah. And the only way, you, and, that, and that goes back to the relational side of things. You've got to take the time on the front end to, to get to know those things. And listen, I get it, man. I, you know, at 53, maybe my, my brain's getting worse and worse by the day, you know, but I, I think actually even having notes on each kid would help you uh, to, to kind of do that and, and kind of review those from time to time. But at the end of the day, if you know a kid well enough to know that they tend to be introverted it's going to help you ask questions that fit that kid. If you know that a kid is extroverted, you know, th- that's going to help. If you know a kid tends to be more uh, kind of brainiac nerdy like or whatever, that's going to help. If you know it versus maybe a kid uh, who tends to be more artsy or, you know, uh, whatever. And of course there can be overlap in there. I'm not trying to stereotype every single person in the world, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's going to help as you, even what you should expect them in terms of how to answer. Right. That's right. And, and I think, um, yeah, I, I think that's so right. Just being able to know, um, I've got several students that I was intentional placing them with a volunteer that has similar, similar interest, but just the fact that you're interested in the student at all is going to spike the student's interest in you and what you have to say. So taking time to really get to know them's huge yeah, and answering the question also involves a little bit of trust right we didn't talk about That's this right. beforehand but like in other words if i'm going to take the time if i'm going to boldly kind of maybe answer or give my opinion about something i've got to trust that i can safely say that without you know 
you shredded me or, you know, whatever. So, uh, so yeah, it's good. So it helps another kid. And then, uh, Kyle, as we were talking, we talked about, uh, we found an interesting thing. I actually found it on campus, uh, crusade for like crew, uh, a website they had, uh, they talked about three different types of questions as they prepared their folks to do. And I thought we would take a minute to spend some time on this as well. So number one would be, of course, it helps to know the kid. Number two, then we would say would be know the type of question and be intentional with the question. Now, here they are. Here's three. I'm going to say the three, and then we'll give some examples, right? So the three types of questions would be closed questions, limiting questions, and open questions. Let me say this again. Closed questions, limiting questions, and open questions. Here's the example that might help this thing. Flesh this out with me. Closed question would be this. Let's just... Can I be the student in your group right now? Can I give the answers to these questions as you ask them? Oh, yeah, let's do that. Okay, okay. so so uh, we're talking about the love of God. That's going to be our topic that we're studying today. So um, a, a closed question would be this. So, Kyle, you would agree that the Bible tells us that God loves us, right? Yes. And there it is, a closed question, right? It's kind of like the one answer, you know? It's just like, um, and that's, that's, we're all tempted to kind of, you know, but we shouldn't expect necessarily, could you expand on that? You know, (laughs) well, you didn't ask me to expand on it. No. That's the, I agree that the Bible (laughs) says, you know, whatever. So that's a closed question. I think that was kind of obvious. Now, staying with that theme though, limiting questions falls into this category. Hey, in John 3, 16, what does this say about how God feels about the world? Um, he so loves it. Yeah. Right. So again, there's an answer in there and you definitely have pinpointed specifically with that question. You're, you're, you're digging into a particular verse there, but if you ask that question in a limiting way to where there's kind of only one answer there, you know, it's somewhat limiting. Again, it's not necessarily bad because maybe that's what you want to highlight. So I think that question can be used strategically and intentionally at times, right? So then if you go into open question, again, the three are closed, limiting, and open. Open questions then would be this. Hey, group, as we're sitting here talking about God's love today, I got to quit. When you hear the phrase, God loves you, what comes to mind? Oh, man, that's that's good. Yeah. I don't know if there's a lot there, Chris. Yeah, you know, and so, but then it allows, of course, you're just trying to be a mean uh, middle school kid to me right now, whatever. Uh, but that said, what it does is it allows for there just to be a general, more open-ended. And with that, though, the follow-up open question would be said to say this, hey, let's take a look at John 3.16. When you look at John 3.16, what stands out to you? So it's more open-ended in that sense, right? Yeah. So again, friends, um, one of the things as I was coming into this uh podcast recording today thinking about this this particular episode was i know we all have moments where we're struggling with our group and we're like man i just can't get any traction with my group i can't get them to talk i can't one of the things might be that we're not asking questions the right way so this might be worth just sort of thinking through the type of questions you asked where do they fall closed limiting or open right so with that said though man um again you've been doing a deep dive into this and sort of preparing your volunteers for some things and the way you've been teaching them. Let's jump into a few more ideas here though, that we think could help help our listeners. So uh, what, what you got for number three? Yeah. So I think it's incredibly important that we're able to read the room. Um, we, we know that if you step into a room and nobody's talked yet, you've got to do something to make it where it's okay to talk. 
And so introducing some kind of icebreaker question or taking some time and playing some kind of goofy game just to get it to be okay for discussion to happen. Yeah, I think that's that's big because the fact is is that every Sunday, every Wednesday, whenever you're small, every Sunday night, whatever that looks like, they're not always going to feel the same. There's going to be different things going on at school that cause a different mood in the room. So, uh, so that's huge. Yeah, and and I think it's okay for that question to not be spiritual at all. Like middle school, some of my favorite people on the planet are middle schoolers. And uh, one of my favorite questions right now to ask middle schoolers is, um, hey, mermaids, do you think they give live birth or lay eggs? And it starts <laughs> the weirdest discussion. And then I'm able to transition now that the, the water's moving and people are talking and I can jump into what I really want to talk about. Speaking of John 316. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, but reading the room, have, having the I think that's huge, man. I think that's a great point. In other words, you, and I think it's probably unfair. And this is, you know, gosh, we would hope that we would just walk in the room. They would respect us enough to sit down and do what we're supposed But the fact is, is that's not always going to be the case. That's right. So we've got to read the room and we've got to be willing to break the ice. Now, that said, you're also going to be read the room sometimes and realize they're ready. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Like, let's just get after it. We're about to jump in this thing and go strong, you know? Cause that goes both ways, right? Absolutely. Um, there, there are lots of times I jump in that group setting or step in, you know, as a youth pastor, I like to step in and out of my small groups. And, uh, I like to bring the weird, quirky, goofy energy. And I have to be able to read enough to know, nope, they're in a deep conversation. I don't, I don't need to take it in that direction. That's good. That's good. All right. Number four. Yeah. Number four, when asking questions, don't forget to shut up. So, so this is really rooted in a Walt Whitman quote, never miss a good opportunity to shut up. And, uh, I know Chris, I struggle with this in that I'm not comfortable with silence. And so when I ask a question, I will put my thumb into my fist and I will squeeze it 10 times before I let myself say something else addressing that question. You know, I think a lot of folks have probably have heard this before, but this falls in for me personally, this falls into that category. I've heard it talked about in teaching circles, preaching, sir, all these different things that, you know, it's okay for silence is okay, but there's something about when you're actually in the heat of the moment and you're just like teaching or whatever, you ask a question. Uh, you said earlier when we were prepping for the show, you were like, 10 seconds feels like an eternity. Oh, it definitely you does. Know? I mean, I like the principle we said earlier. So, so the idea would be, man, if you could, you could go 10 seconds and maybe re-ask the question. Is that what you're saying? That's right. To be able to restate. Cause even after 10 quest, 10 seconds, like a good question should take some time for anybody, much less a student for anybody to be able to give a good answer. If it's a good open question, it should take some thought. And so even after 10 seconds, I'm going to restate that open-ended question to give them another opportunity to answer. Um, and I think me personally, I want to rush to help that student and I want to answer my own question rather than letting them answer it. Yeah. And I think it's also important, a little pro tip for this particular, uh, this particular point also would be make sure you're controlling and setting the tone 
uh, with your small group because sometimes you may be willing to sit there in the silence, but there may be a you know a kid that wants to jump in and say things like, "Hey, so and so, you answer," or "Hey, somebody speak up," you know, like or whatever. It's okay for you to control that environment though and say, "No, listen, everybody, we're okay with silence." That's a tough question. I want y'all to think about it. And when we're ready to answer, somebody answer, you know, so like control that and not let everybody kind of step on each other during that moment. Yeah. So, yeah. And you've got a great podcast already about, uh, you know, not letting that one kid dominate. I don't remember the title of it, but it was really helpful. You can look back in the podcast and find that resource. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, how about number five? Yeah. Number five, um, getting them to talk about them. So getting students to talk about themselves. Um, I think that everybody's favorite person to talk about is themselves. And uh, how are you with John 316 going to take it from being this abstract idea about God loves the world? How, how, how does that affect the way that you treat people in your life? Who's somebody that is hard for you to love would be a good follow-up question to that open discussion there and getting them to try to talk about themselves. Yeah. It's gold, man. Yeah. I think that's, you know, it's a, to me, it's a weird one if I'm honest, because I'm like, Oh, so we're telling them to be selfish. Like we're wanting them to be, you know, <laughs> I thought we're trying to get them away from that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, but the fact is, is that if you're wanting to get some good discussion going, um, that's going to be, you know, part of that process, you know, getting them to talk about them. Right. That's so, right. Um, that's right. So that's huge. You got to be a little mindful of that introvert extrovert may receive that a little bit differently, but I think even an introvert in the right setting, if, if comfortable can, can, you know, will will we'll want to do that. So, yeah, it's good. It's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good like stuff. I, Chris can talk about me all the day and I can too. Um, but I think that's our <laughs> students so that they, they will feel comfortable if you create the right environment and they'll start talking about themselves. And then I think you can really see the rubber meet the road and they start really questioning what's God telling me to do differently as I'm talking about myself. Yep. It's good stuff. Well, friends, thank y'all for listening. And we hope that, you know, just a few ideas here, maybe one or two of these things, um, might stand out to you, you know, just a reminder, man, we think, we think it helps if you know the kid, we think, we think that it helps if you know the type of question and that you're intentional with the question. The three types of questions we proposed were closed questions, limiting questions, and open questions. And then we think overall, it's just important to read the room. You need to know how to break the ice and pay attention to the, to the, to the flow of the room. And then when asking questions, don't forget to shut up every once in a while. You know, that's important. Silence is okay. And then get them to talk about them. That's the ideas we have for you today. And hopefully of all those, maybe uh, something – kind of stirred a thought there for you, something you might could tweak in the way you approach students. But more than anything, we just want to say thank you for volunteering and working with teenagers. Uh, this this generation, you know, is uh, definitely living in a challenging uh, culture, challenging world. And uh, But, man, they're awesome, and it's awesome that we get to point kids to Jesus, and we hope you will continue to do that. So that does it for today's episode. Hey, thank you for joining us. Hey, if you have any ideas on what we could do for an episode, we'd love to hear from you. We really would. And the ones that we've gotten before, we've actually added them. So you can drop us an email at youthministrypodcast at gabaptist.org. I'll put a link to that in the show notes page. Hey, and don't forget to hit subscribe uh, and uh, maybe just leave a review. That really does help the podcast to get the word out there. And uh, so we would love that. That's right. You don't want to miss next episode. I'm really excited to hear next episode. Um, Building 
trust with parents. I don't know that there's a more key thing in student ministry than how you build trust with parents. So I'm so excited to be able to hear about Yeah, this. we've done an episode before on encouraging parents, but we wanted to jump in specifically with the importance of building trust. So I think this is going to be a really good one. I do too. I'm excited about it. Should be fun. Hey, special thanks to the George Baptist Mission Board for allowing us to provide this as a free resource. We're especially thankful for churches that continue to give to the cooperative program. Hey, if you need anything, you can find us at gabaptist.org slash next gen. There's a link in the show notes page. We'll see you next time on the Youth Ministry Podcast for Volunteers.